everything in the Word of God aligns with the heart of God. Everything. But in Scripture, as we read, there is tension. There is tension. And tension is a good thing. In relationships, we kind of run from tension. It makes us uncomfortable because tension pushes for change. But tension is a good thing. In a musical instrument, a, a guitar or stringed instrument specifically, the tension on the string is what makes a pleasant noise when it is played. If it's in the wrong tension, it makes an unpleasant noise, painful even. Tension's a good thing. And in the Word of God, when we read, we read of the grace of God, this unmerited favor, undeserved gift that He gives us. We also read the truth. And truth can be hard to swallow. Truth can demand change. Truth can be difficult to hear. There's tension there. In the Word of God, we read that we are to approach Jesus with a childlike faith. But then we also read that we're to come as mature believers. There's tension there between our childlike faith and the maturity of our belief. In Scripture, we read that we are sinners, all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. We also read that through the power of the blood of Jesus that we are saints in Him. There's tension. We also read this invitation to an identity as a child of God, to be a disciple, but then we read this challenge, this mission, responsibility to go do the work of making disciples. There's tension there being and doing as we read through scripture we read tension over and over and over again and today we're going to talk about some tension in scripture between our security in him and our responsibility as a follower of jesus and to do so i want to read a couple of passages out of the book of romans in the bible the book of Romans is written by the Apostle Paul. If you have it, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 8 if you'd like to. It'll be on the screens behind me. And If you don't own a Bible today, I want you to uh, go ahead and grab one on the way out the door at the Next Steps table. If you're in this room, if you're online today, I want you to go ahead and email James to get a Bible. We want you to have the Word of God. And we'll get it to you however we have to do that. The book of Romans is written by a man named Paul. Paul was formerly known as Saul, and Saul was an enemy of the church, an enemy of the followers of Jesus. But when Saul came face to face with the reality of who Jesus is, with the tension of the gospel, he was transformed. He became a new person known as Paul. He was baptized into Jesus. His sins and past were forgiven, and he received the Holy Spirit, and he began to write encouraging words to churches. He began to preach and start churches, and he, he put forth this bold gospel of Jesus Christ. He said this in Romans 8, verse 38, he said, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let, let, me, let me rephrase that so you get it. Paul says that nothing in all of creation, not death or life, nothing in the spiritual realm, 
Nothing above or below or in any end of creation. Nothing can take you away from the love of God. We read this right here. and I prefer to read the Word of God at face value and say this is what it simply says. And it appears that Paul is simply saying here, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. When the Father looked at the world and He looked at you and He so loved the world, including you, that He sent His Son to die on a cross and be buried in a tomb and resurrect out of the grave, He did it in a way that would be undefeatable, could not be overturned, could not be changed, and it would pursue you through anything. And Paul says that love That love cannot be defeated by death because that love will sustain you in eternity. It cannot be defeated by life or any problem you have in this life, any problem you have in this world at all. It cannot be defeated by it. It cannot be defeated by angels or demons, nothing in the spiritual realm. It cannot be defeated by your present troubles, by your future worries or your past problems. It cannot be defeated by any powers here on earth, no kingdom, no government, no army, no king, no enemy. And it cannot be defeated by anything you find in any creation. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And I would love to read those words and to proclaim to you right now, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And if you came in here today and you were feeling hopeless or lost or confused or worried or hurt and you just needed to someone to say you're not lonely anymore you are loved and you come in you hear this here nothing can separate you from the love of God I would love to say amen close the Bible off on invitation that if you've been lost without Jesus then you can find that love today and we at this church we baptize into him we're lower into water symbolically to die to our past so our sins are forgiven and washed away and then we're raised out of water a new person with the Holy Spirit in us if you came in like that today I want to invite you to that love but I can't just close the Bible right there because remember in scripture there's tension And in fact, if you just flip over one page in the Bible to Romans chapter 11, Romans chapter 11, you find over here, Paul says on one hand, nothing can separate you from the love of God, but in Romans 11, he's writing about something else. Same letter to the same church, same guy, inspired by the same God. There's tension. Paul's writing about the the people of God's nation, the Israelites, how they've rejected and they've, they've turned their back on the, the hope and the, the invitation that God's offered them. And in verse 17 of chapter 11, he says, if some of the branches have been broken off, remember in John 15, Jesus gave this, this metaphor. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, you can do much work, bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. This vine and branches metaphor goes throughout Scripture. And Paul says, If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, you are not a part of the people of God, anybody that's not an Israelite, including everybody in this room, you were not part of that. You were a wild olive shoot. You've been grafted in among the others. And now you share in the nourishing sap from the olive root. Do not consider yourself to be superior to the other branches. You've been brought in to the family of God. You were once an outsider, but then you came face to face with that undefeatable love of God that pursues you that nothing can separate you from. You came face to face and you were grafted in. You're an insider in the family of God now. Paul says, 
If you do, consider this. You do not support the root. The root supports you. It's God that supports you. You will say that branches are broken off so I can be grafted in. And then I get to the sentence I wanted to talk about. Paul says, granted, that's true. But, he says, they were broken off because of unbelief. And you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Did you catch the phrase, the sentence in the middle of that last verse? He says, but they were broken off because of unbelief. And it occurs to me that on the one hand, Paul is saying over here, you, nothing can separate you from the love of God. But on the other hand, Paul is saying over here, don't abandon your, your life with God for a life of unbelief. He says over here, nothing can separate you, but over here you can be cut off in your unbelief. There's tension here. See, the truth is, you are eternally secure in Jesus. And you also have responsibility for that eternity. You are eternally secure. You have a love that cannot be defeated, it cannot be overturned, cannot be negated that pursues you through thick and thin any problem you face any trouble in your life but you have a responsibility for that you have a god that says you are secure in me for all of eternity but you also have a responsibility to keep your eyes focused on the cross you have a, a god that says you won't be I won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but I'll provide a way through it. But you're also responsible for keeping your mind focused and full and thinking on things that are good and pure and holy and true, responsibility in that. You have a God that says, I will provide for you in all things, but you have a responsibility to not covet and be jealous and want all the other things, but keep your mind focused on Him. You have a God that says, those who are with you are greater than those who are against you. But you have a responsibility to give God glory for every victory that comes in your life. You are secure because there's a love that never ends, never fails, and never goes away. But you have a responsibility for that eternity by where you position yourself, by where you lock your eyes, by where you plant your feet, by who you stand near. You keep yourself near Jesus and you will be secure for all eternity. See, I've known people. You've known people. Man, they've been in church with you. They've worshipped with you. You've celebrated their baptisms. They've sung the songs and prayed the prayers and read the scripture and memorized the verses and done the things and smiled the smiles and shared the testimonies. But then, where are they? They go away and they disappear and we say, what happened to them? They saw the love, but they didn't take the responsibility to focus their eyes on the cross, to fill their minds with what's good and pure and holy and true, to plant their feet, to stay faithful near the one who offered the love. And so if you came in here today and you were feeling lonely, I want to tell you that there's a love that overcomes anything in your life. But if you came in here today and you're wavering in your belief and you're wondering what's going on and you have some doubts and some confusion and some fear, and you're saying, life just doesn't seem like it did when I first followed Jesus. I don't know what to do. I want to invite you back to your first love, to the responsibility. And I want to encourage you and challenge you to focus your eyes on the cross.
plant your feet next to Jesus and live in the place you were made to live. I invite you to that today. That first love and that responsibility. But after our I have to give a next step, too, because we're all about next steps here at this church. What's your next step, then, in following Jesus? It's this. If you've been enjoying the security of the love of God that never fails, never leaves, never abandons, and if you've been faithful in your responsibility to live with your eyes focused and your mind full of good, pure, holy, and true things, what's your next step? It's, it's a simple answer. Your next step is to help other folks find faith in Jesus too. It's that simple. It is that simple. In fact, Paul wrote these, uh, these words in chapter 10. He said, how then can they, that's anybody who's an outsider today, anybody who's an outsider to the family of God, how can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they've not heard? How can they hear about the love that never ends without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's your next step. To take the gospel, the good news of a love that will not be defeated, that will not end, and walk it across the street and deliver it to your neighbor. That's your next step, to be faithful and keeping your eyes focused on the cross, your mind full of the words of God, your heart full of his heart, your character full of his character, and then let your feet be beautiful to take the gospel across the street. That's your next step, to passionately and desperately share the gospel with other people. That's why we exist. That's what we do. We are a sending church. In fact, my goal, my goal is that every time you walk in these doors, you clearly hear that there is a love that cannot be separated, a love that will not be defeated. But you also clearly hear there's a responsibility and there's a mission and there's a next step and that you will be sent with the gospel 